Carolyn, yeah? could you please describe yeah. to me what old-timey gritty looks like? Absolutely. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. ABC, featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB, with our AT&C money, weird TV is their specialty, it might be all four, just one, two, or three, cause they're old and kinda busy, so go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download the rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode podcast where we review old Western TV shows that couldn't possibly have any commentary on the state of the world today. <laughs> I'm your Texas Ranger who is not Chuck Norris, David Bittenhofer. <laughs> With me is the dispassionate judge who refuses to take sides until a specific law is broken. Yeah, it sounds like... Oh. <laughs> oh, which one wants to be the dispassionate judge? It's Austin. Yeah, that sounds like me, Austin yeah. Gordon. No, it almost feels like it's me, right? But uh, I, yeah, I can't yeah. do it. Uh, and the person who just realized that banks have money? <laughs> That's Carolyn May. <laughs> and you might have noticed, Cowpokes, that I was slow to the draw last time because I just put on a Stetson hat, which oh, yeah. I can't <laughs> keep on with my headphones. Oh, you did, yeah. <laughs> See? They weren't even looking. You guys are going to be nude in this whole time. And I am sometimes, but it's a Stetson hat. It's very lovely. Um, and I'm taking it off now, but yeah. I was excited to wear it. As, as Carolyn signed in, she put her hat, her cowboy yeah, hat on her head. As if to say, howdy, y'all. <laughs> Which is really good podcast content. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Visual gags are great on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we are reviewing Trackdown, Season 1, Episode 30, The End of the World. Mm. I, th- I think we're going to go a little different this time and not go through the plot just yet. And mm-hmm. instead, I'll just let the plot speak for itself. I will just say that uh, Trackdown is an old black and white western that aired on CBS from 1957 to 1959. And it's about a Texas Ranger, Hobie Gilman, who sometimes goes to different towns to find fugitives or right wrongs. But he's also apparently the pseudo-sheriff of another town, but that's beside the point for this episode. But this is all because of uh, what Wikipedia tells me, because I've never actually seen this show until, like, right now. And I only found it because this episode has been making the rounds on the interwebs a little bit. And... For no yeah, reason yeah, that yeah, I, I don't know why. Coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> now, Carolyn and Austin, I assume you have no previous relationship with the show Trackdown? Uh, that is correct. I have uh, a smattering of familiarity with some of these old westerns, but mm-hmm. uh, I had no idea that this was a show that ever existed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Right? <laughs> a big yeehaw to that, buckaroo. Uh, I have much more familiarity with Mad Dog McCree, which oh, is yeah, a yeah. 90s arcade <laughs> shoot 'em up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> with a, the video yeah, footage, yeah. right? Right by Dragon <laughs> David does. Uh, then this TV show. But it was really cool. Uh, this is, I believe, our second black and white TV yeah. show that we've done, at least that I've been on. And it's really cool to step that far in the past, and everything looks really yeah. great. In black and white and there were cowboys so i liked it <laughs> yeah i guess i was gonna ask do you have any general opinions on the western genre before we got hmm it can be really good it's not always my favorite but when the mood yeah. strikes nothing's quite like it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, austin uh i am not necessarily tv westerns because mm. the, the kind of the heyday of the western was the the 50s yeah. and the 60s well, and so it's just it's TV from a totally different time. Well, Austin, since I'm an HBO bitch, have you watched Deadwood? I have watched the first season Ooh. of Deadwood. <laughs> um, no, but uh, that aside, I, uh, I'm i a pretty big Western fan. Nice. Um, I, I have a, an unpublished Western sitting in a virtual drawer. Your unpublished uh, book is a Western? That's exciting. One, one of my unpublished books is a Western. I thought it was sci-fi. Do you have a Western and a I, sci-fi? I do. I have a couple of sci-fis and a western. It's actually uh, both. It's called Westworld. <laughs> it's about robots in a Star Wars. theme park. Starring Jar Jar, Star yeah. Wars. It's like Jurassic Park, but with cowboy robots and yeah. nudity. <laughs> um, no, I, I, have a, I have a bookcase that's like just books about the Old West and Westerns. And that t- I really like that time period as a, as a history buff. Um, as well. So, like, I have a whole bookcase full of stuff that I've picked up as, like, background research and whatnot, so. Um, but, yeah, not a lot of, of Western TV that I've watched. Far more yeah. movies and, and whatnot. I mean, I, it'll come to no surprise to many of the people that I have a hard time with Westerns, partially because of my idiosyncrasies with historical fiction and how a lot of the Western genre is bullshit as to far as how... The West was during that time period. David, have you seen Deadwood? I have not, actually. Uh, We'll do it one day. Yeah. We'll we'll do it. And then, and so, like, the accuracy has a problem, and then I have the problem with the whole idea. And I know some of it gets subverted with later Westerns, but, like, that basically white men with guns tamed the West just doesn't really uh, sound the greatest. And then... (laughs) <laughs> and then to further complicate things when in this day and age now when i look back at it at like westerns i'm always like you can either go two directions either you ignore race in which like you're just kind of sanitizing and whitewashing what that time period was like and or and then you can be like well i guess i like these characters but they're probably all racist because most people were back then or, or you can explicitly deal with race, but then usually it turns into something other than what we typically consider a Western genre. So That's basically. true. I think you forgot one, which is have Johnny Depp play a different race. Yes, yes. That, that's a very tactful way of dealing with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did a I did a paper my senior year in college mm-hmm. that I presented at a academic conference that was all about the depiction of otherness in westerns yeah various westerns through the years handled that specific mostly native american depictions but yeah others in in general 
the the non-white other. Mm. Yeah, not great. <laughs> Shockingly, um, yeah, one right. of the few places in American culture where that ended right. up being not great. <laughs> in some place, but also in some places, uh, surprisingly, not as terrible as you would think. The, yeah, uh, the Germans were particularly fond of westerns once upon a oh, time, yeah. and they actually did a halfway a better job than most American writers at depicting Native Americans as as like regular people and not either uh, <laughs> racist savages or like noble. Yeah, Negro type characters. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, no, we're getting, <laughs> that's Carol, not really why we're reviewing I, this. To your comment about thing. Deadwood, I watched the first season back in the day of like TV on DVD before I oh, had yeah. TV anything. DVD. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so now I have like the full. You know, I could just stream it whenever I wanted. But I watched the first season, greatly enjoyed it. It's it's tons of fun. Um, but I never followed up on it because it was one of those series that was somewhat infamously shit can before it had a chance to finish telling its story true and true. much like where david is bothered by <laughs> potential historical inaccuracies in historical yeah. fiction the only thing that bothers me more than that in fiction is like stories that don't get to finish being told and but so that always that made me like not push <laughs> to the top of my watching queue even yeah. though i knew that what was left of it was still pretty good, even though it ends somewhat abruptly. And but now they got a movie yeah, coming out that's yeah. going to wrap it all up. So maybe it's finally time for me to to go and, <laughs> and watch it all again. I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, when did it end? Like, like 10 years ago? Like 2008. I don't know. I didn't yeah, early, watch it. Early 2000s. At the time. I just imagine all the characters are now like 20 years older. So yeah. the movie's just them like recounting how it all ended oh, to geez, each other. remember <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one last thing I'd like to say mm-hmm. about, oh, well, first, Austin, I like your point, but also it's worse when this show, it goes on too long, <laughs> and it doesn't yeah, know where yeah, it's yeah. going, I like mean, Dexter that, is... that I watched to the bitter end. <laughs> and again, uh, just want to say about the whole Western Times, they have great hats, and yeah. I am wearing a hat, and it falls off a lot, but I'm going to maybe <laughs> you're, you're They do have good hats. And to be fair, it's not like I've never enjoyed a Western in my life. It's not like <laughs> that. I'm just... I get sometimes, unless it's really, really good, I'll start thinking about all the stuff, and then it kind of gets ruined for me, because I think too much sometimes. Austin and David are hatless, and I have a stead. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm feeling very self-conscious about being hatless now. I feel like I could have a... David, in your defense, you do have assless leather chaps. (laughs) Yeah. It kind of balances out. But that wasn't for any special... That wasn't for this episode. Right. It was just your usual Monday night attire, right? Yeah, yeah. And Austin, those are dope spurs that you have. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was going to say, and also, I kind of enjoyed this episode, not for the other stuff that we'll get into, but it seemed like it was pretty interesting, actually, yeah. and we can get into it. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we can start with it, which was, the cold open is a balding man wearing a robe with strange symbols, which which actually feels like something like I might see Carolyn wearing now that I think about it. <laughs> Represented here with the bald man and the strange symbols. Yeah, yeah, that that comes crashing down pretty quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a hearkening back to the hairline of the oppressor, which we covered in that Roseanne episode. And the subtext is that that is the hairline of my fiance, (laughs) who also wears an arcane robe of symbols. If you know, you catch him right. So yeah, I felt represented. 
Yeah, he gets he gets everyone's in in this town's attention by beating a drum, and then he says he's coming with a message that uh, he alone was able to read in the fires of the universe that the world is coming to an end. Basically, my first thought was like, wait, did did David pick like an anti Mormon episode for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't. Well, there's also uh, the. Jehovah's Witnesses are big into the end of the world, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, the, I have gazed upon the stones. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking he was more of a Joseph Smith type. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the town's people even calls out, like, what are you selling, snake oil? Which is kind (laughs) of hanging a lampshade on him. Well, it was one of those where I was, like, I was trying to decide, like, okay, if this takes place in, like, I don't know, we'll say... 1885. Yeah, 1870s is what the uh, Wikipedia says. Yeah, it says. Yeah, that's after the Civil right. War. Sorry, I couldn't. So yeah, we'll, say, a, yeah, we'll say the, yeah. we'll say 1870s. I'm yeah. like, wait. So is that hanging a lampshade on it into the 1870s, or is that legitimate? Like, because that's where the phrase cut. Like people were selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so I don't think it's in universe hanging a lampshade on it. But that, correct. Like, nowadays it is, but was it in 1950? <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't decide there- if that. If that was just a line, or if they were like, let's establish that this guy is a huckster. Let's just say I, I do a lot of that thinking of like, well, this takes place in 1870s, but was filmed in 1950. What does that mean? Like, by any standard? But right. Later on in this episode, when they start talking about money specifically. but um, uh, There's a lot of numbers and subtext that we will continue to <laughs> So then the dude... Yeah. Uh, Basically says, like, you'll find out tonight. And then he disappears in a cloud of smoke, which is a pretty impressive magic trick, I think. Yeah, it's a yeah, I mean, I consider that was some top-notch magic going on. Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's a great exit. And that's what he has in common with Skeletor, for instance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Make an exit. <laughs> He's got a flair for the dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get the opening, which is in, <laughs> which is just uh, it's, it feels like classic fifties, right? Where it's just right. announcer guy stating in as an announcer voice, like track down, <laughs> and then the, the name of the one star in the show. This is literally just one guy who actually gets a credit in this. Yeah, I think the idea is supposed to be that, like, he's the star, and, like, every episode, he's, like, in a new town, so it's a brand new cast of characters and yeah, new actors. And- yeah, that's what I read was basically he's kind of like the Hulk or whatever, you know, wandering yeah. from town to town, writing wrongs or whatever. But then it says, like, it ends up a kind of, he, like, becomes the sheriff of a town that they mention in this episode, actually, in that... Uh, he's, like, the pseudo-sheriff, so then he that's kind of his base of operation, so I think a lot of... St- Stuff takes place then, but I guess people in the town didn't get credit, or they didn't have recurring characters, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And they call him, like, a peacemaker? He's a ranger, is all I know. He's a Texas yeah, ranger. Texas ranger. I love, like, so the opening credits is just, like, the camera on a shot of the map of right. Texas yep. that's, like, fluttering in the breeze, and then he's like, track down, starring Robert Culp, and, like, the name flashes up, mm-hmm. and, like, 
and that's it. Like, yep. <laughs> I, I was waiting for like the map to start on fire or like the guy <laughs> to burst through it or something. Right? Like, nope. Yeah. That was it. I think we, the map was on fire in my memory because it's the beginning to whatever gun yeah, smoke, right? Ban- Bonanza or gun Bonanza. Bonanza. Bonanza, thank you. Bonanza has the, the map that lights on fire. Famous black yeah. and white cowboy show. Well, I mean, we may or may not get into things in yeah. this episode that seem to like speak to the future. But I guess this opening also speaks to, like, the lack of theme songs in TV shows. Yeah, this, like, this, kind of... this opening was very, like, <laughs> yeah. 2010s, less what I would have expected from a show in, like, mm-hmm. the 50s. And I should say, Carolyn, you pointed out that this is our second black uh-huh. and white episode that we've done. I believe this is the oldest episode of a show that we've <gasps> Ooh, ever done. Yeah, it's older probably. than My Beaver? It's older than Leave it to Beaver. I have to go. I forget when the uh, Flintstones episode that you got. Oh, right. That's pretty old, too. Well, congratulations if you've won it, David. (laughs) That's right. You're the oldest dog now. Uh, so the the next scene is, uh, so the Texas Ranger's name is Hobie Gilman. And he's, he rides into town. I know. It's quite the name. Uh, or Gilman, sorry. It's Hobie Gilman. Gilman yeah. Right? That's the straight character. That's the tough guy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hobie. Uh, yeah. he, he rides into town, and the townsperson is like, You must be riding on. And you're like, Why is that? Yeah, I feel like probably every town he rides into, somebody's just like, You want to move on from this doom town? And now he's got to be like, Now I got to fix another problem. What's going on here? And, uh, is that you when you go into a mall, David, and they don't let you <laughs> hang out in any of the stores? <laughs> no. Best you just keep riding along. <laughs> yeah, but they're saying it for different it. reasons. Like, <laughs> they, this guy is just af- afraid for Ho- Hobie's safety. Uh, that's, <laughs> instead of the opposite of when I roll up into a mall, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's such an old callback. It's old yeah, for this old episode. <laughs> Uh, basically, the townsman's like, "Yeah, this town's gonna be destroyed at the end of the at tonight." And Hobie, of course, isn't buying it, so he goes into the saloon and orders a cup of coffee. Apparently, yeah. This is I wrote this down where I'm like, I feel like I should know the answer to this question <laughs> from like the books that I've read, but I f- <laughs> don't think that's a thing you would do. Like, co- obviously, coffee existed back yeah. in the day, mm-hmm. like you know, in the 1870s or whatever. But like, just the the way it's phrased seems very 1950s, where he yeah. just, like, saddles up to the bar in a saloon and is like, cup of coffee, please. Like, I don't think they would do that. Right? Yeah, I mean, they like, don't... He would get a cappuccino with a little <laughs> beef on it, I think, if this was Portland. The bartender turns around, he's working one of the, like, Starbucks espresso. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they don't have, like, heaters to, like, keep the pots warm, so I don't know if he's just getting, like, a room temperature coffee is that what's yeah, going on or is the bartender like you know putting a, a kettle on the yeah, yeah. stove and back and waiting for the water to heat up yeah exactly and then he also gets a cup that's like looks exactly to me like just like your average porcelain coffee yeah cup they pulled and- it off the studio commissary <laughs> put it, on it was his real what? coffee and he got to drink it it was yeah. great and this is where i'm just like i have no idea if they had like those cups back in the <laughs> in like, I don't want to look to Back to the Future mm-hmm. three for historical accuracy. <laughs> yeah. but I feel like the options of like whiskey or drink water from the trough were probably more accurate than what we're yeah, being presented I know. with here. Exactly. Have you guys heard of cowboy coffee? Uh, you, no. You like make it with the eggshells. 
You bake it with eggshells? Well, no, you boil it. You boil water, okay. put it in the grounds. But then you do something where you, like, put the eggshells over the grounds to keep hmm. them down if you don't have, say, a French press, which... Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, I think I have heard of that. Yeah, where it right? keeps it when you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I guess some egg is kind of yummy in coffee, but I don't think I'm yeah. going to bother trying it. <laughs> well, it's probably like kind of like a cream yes. like a substituting. Yes! People were raving about it. Have you done yeah. it, Austin? Um, I haven't, but we have a... There's a, a stand at our state fair that sells it. Oh, there you go. That's where you do all your stunt eating. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I don't want to drink fucking hot coffee at the end of August. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> where I'm like, that's true. Oh, I'd like to try this someday, but it's 90 fucking degrees out. So winter fair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it was cooler last year we went. <clears throat> Not drink a cup of coffee. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, so then there's a lady at the bar who's just kind of hanging out. Do you think she's a prostitute? Yeah, it's a definite possibility. I don't want to just stereotype all women in saloons <laughs> but in 1870. But... There's a real possibility. <laughs> nah, he, I just burped there, so I had to... You're a prostitute. <laughs> Anyone who burps is a prostitute. No prostitute. You're the prostitute. Uh... <laughs> I'm Spartacus. Uh, so he inquires to this lady about the world ending and she's like yep she's very nonchalant about the whole thing yeah I I don't think she's buying it but it's like she's like yep all these dumb townspeople think the world's gonna end he's like why is that oh cause she's like oh cause a guy told him he's like what guy and she points him out he's over there just hanging out yeah so she points to him and then the uh, actual what is said is he goes he says the world is gonna come to an end Midnight tonight. Where's he from? Drove in this morning. Wagon out front. Mm-hmm. Got a name? Trump. I bet it fits. That's when I went, oh, that's why David wanted to do this episode. <laughs> so if I like dicks and butts too much, David, you are getting too political. Well, I... <laughs> Well, first, I could argue that everything is political. It's just depending Uh, on how comfortable you are with whatever is being said. And when you're, when everyone's in agreement, then it doesn't feel, quote, political. But everything has, I don't know, political value to it. That's a whole different. No, the only thing was, like, I saw this on, like, somebody posted, it was just, like, random scenes of it on, like, Twitter or something. And I was just like, what the hell is this? And then had to, like, research it a little, you know, went on to Snopes to find out it was actually a real thing. Like, this is just an actual episode that exists. And uh, I was like, I think we got to do it. And, you know, it feels a little timely because, uh, well, we'll get into it. But right now we don't have a government that's working. So I'm like, maybe we should. (laughs) Yeah, it uh, I think it showed up on Twitter because according to the Cracked Research team, Mm -hmm. uh, it was featured in a episode of uh uh jimmy fallon the tonight show with jimmy fallon oh yeah back in back sometime in 2017 but i think that Mm -hmm. was yeah that i think is what sort of like dug it up into the public consciousness and then and then Mm -hmm. the internet ran with it from there and we could talk more about well we'll get into the different scenes and yeah 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 yeah. it it gets a little down a little eerie i'll put it that way yeah i'm pretty (laughs) (laughs) And so then, uh, 
Hobie goes over to the sheriff and talks with the sheriff who's talking with uh, Trump at the moment. And, and there's this weird exchange that I just put in where he says, uh, Hobie says he's on his way to like port ta- the town of Porter. And then the sheriff goes, oh, too bad about the sheriff down there. And then Trump says, something happened to him? He died. Oh. And then they just move on with the conversation. <laughs> and you're like... Sparkling dialogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, just another guy who dies. Whatever, you know. Simpler times back then. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. with every sheriff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Hobie Gilman talks to... Trump about the end of the world, and we find out his name is Dr. Walter Trump, D-U-M-C-S-S-R. He is a doctor of the universe, master of cometry, and a student of stellar reactions. So if this wasn't Mormonism, maybe it was Scientology. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. 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 Yes, the hat's back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real big at this angle. That's great. Yes, and as we note, that's a lot of big words for some for things that titles that don't exist, right? <laughs> like you can yeah, 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 yeah. Call yourself whatever you want, I suppose. Uh, uh, Gilman still's not buying it, uh, but Trump says a comic will come in contact with the Earth or close to it, but then he immediately sends that the end may just come by other means, which is, I guess, interesting in a. <laughs> evaluating con men kind of thing where you shoot a lot of different things at a person so you hope to hit on one of them in a way you know like it could be this could be that could be that could be this could be this it'll be a comet hitting the earth or coming close to the earth or no comet at all but either way the world's gonna yeah exactly (laughs) and it's really good to like write a spooky western from the 50s that'll scare us in the new millennium because it's nice and vague what is that fire destruction And so the other means is, he's saying, meteorites are going to rain down on the town. And he talks about, like, they're forming in the atmosphere and raining down as red-hot bullets. And it's one of those, like, another way conmen work, which is some of what he says is true. Like, that's how meteorites work. But then the odds of one hitting you, of course, is not very good. And that's what I got to think about. Like, has anyone ever been actually hit by a meteorite? And what's the damage it does? That's a good question. Because you'd think that'd be pretty fatal, right? Because... Yeah. yeah, I mean, some of them are pretty small. I know probably the vast majority of them are small, but they're still coming down at a pretty good rate. And our... I mean, all the dinosaurs got hit by one, but... (laughs) Well... There was a meteorite with each of their name on it. I mean... If it's as big as we think it is, I guess the odds are at least a few of them were actually hit by it, but... uh, Anyways... Uh, I guess we should also note that we've got this character, Trump, who are talking about the dangers of foreign entities coming in to destroy our way of life, right? Seriously, the meteorites are going to take our jobs. (laughs) (laughs) They're not sending their best. (laughs) Damn you, David, because I ended up saying, so there's like, okay, so... So the guy, right, he's so pervasive with fucking sitcom catchphrases he's taken our country by a stranglehold in the mm-hmm. last legs it's amazing right but that's so there's <laughs> a lot of shit he says and some of it is really funny and there's like two that i like and i can't get over totally legal totally cool <laughs> <laughs> it's like a catchphrase it's perfect <laughs> totally legal totally, totally cool, cool. 
<laughs> what are your guys' favorites? I'm trying to think. I if like you can one. stand any, and I'm sorry, but here we are. <laughs> Uh, David, the crack research team tells me that uh, Anne Hodges is the only confirmed person in history to have been hit by a meteorite, and that occurred 65 years ago. Okay. Do we know what happened to her? 1954. uh, Anne was napping on her couch covered by quilts when a softball-sized hunk of black rock broke through the ceiling, bounced off a radio, and hit her in the thigh, leaving a pineapple-shaped bruise. Yes, he... That's... I mean... It's particularly rare because most meteorites usually fall into the ocean or strike one of Earth's vast remote places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the odds of it is insane, and I get that. And I'm saying... Michael Reynolds, a Florida State College astronomer, yeah. says you have a better chance of getting hit by a tornado and a bolt of lightning and a hurricane all at the same time. But that's yeah. crazy to me that napping a couch and quilts <laughs> didn't protect Anne from a rock from space. Yeah, yeah that is true. You, you feel like that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, see, I'm so saying crazy. like, I'm just curious what would happen if you got the direct hit because she it went through the roof, which probably took a lot of the force out of it, anyways, <laughs> and then went off the radiator. And I'm not saying it was a good day for her either. Hey, she's got a hole in the roof right now, right? So I'm, I'm not saying she doesn't deserve sympathy. Yeah, exactly. And she's got a welt on her. And I guess maybe that kind of answered my question. It goes through all that, and she still is uh, injured. Yeah. 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 R.I.P. That was per National Geographic, for those of you who want me to cite my source, so. (laughs) That that wasn't like... I was assuming you uh, made it up on the fly. Yeah, that wasn't like National Enquirer or whatever. (laughs) You know, that's not uh, bombastic enough to be like a made-up story. Yeah. It's just like, (laughs) yeah, some lady got hit in the thigh after it crashed a few rounds. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, yeah, so... Trump says he's discovered a way to repel the force of gravity and uh, and th- thus repelling the meteorite. I have discovered how to repel that force. By doing that, I can save this town. Well, how? By means of a force repeller. You sell these force repellers? You have a very suspicious mind, sir. All right, Sheriff, how long are you going to put up with this? What do you mean? How long are you going to let this con man walk around town? Be careful, son. I can sue you. Which, boy, did that sound, did that sound like <laughs> the echoes of the future reaching into the past? It was yeah. me you heard screaming. In- yeah, both, both because of, like, the great-grandson of, of, this, of this con man character, but also, like, just the freight. Like, did people say that in the 1870s? Yeah. Like, I can sue you. Like, obviously, I, I understand lawsuits were a thing that existed back then, but it, it all worked very differently. That it, it just, I can sue you seems like such a, a modern phrasing, all all Trumpian yeah, uh, comparisons <laughs> aside. Like, it just felt very anachronistic yeah. on multiple levels. And then Trump said, You're fired. <laughs> dusted him with a wizard sleeve and then high-fived this big there rape are, named Grimace and then they shot people there is a firing that happens in this episode but it's that's, not by Trump though that's so true guess, yeah. and it's like literal fire yeah, yeah. If, if, if this Trump had said like you're fired at some point I may have just like slammed my laptop shut <laughs> smashed it with a hammer threw it in a pillowcase and like buried it in the ground for being some sort of option? like <laughs> 
I'm going to start reviewing box. all our shows like that. There is one line that gets really close to me wanting to do that, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Hobie Gilman says, well, stealing is stealing, whether you do it with a gun or a mouthful of mealy words. Which I don't think is technically true, legally speaking. Uh, it depends. Stealing. I mean, I think he's trying to be broader about just the idea of stealing. Yeah. Although, when you say yeah. legally, like, when you say a mouthful of mealy words, like, <laughs> it is illegal to, like, just rip somebody off, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, there's yeah, certain but... laws about, you know, you can't. You know, bait switch, whatever sales, right? False advertising. Nobody enforces because we've got giant corporations with that beside the way. Plus, don't forget, this is the old timey days of yore, and the best part about a western is vigilante justice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's also true. Well, isn't that part of the inaccuracies of like the historical West that there like were no laws and people just did what they wanted? Because I feel like there's a lot of stories about people getting busted by the law in the West. Yo, fuck the law in the West. <laughs> She's got her hat back on, people. <laughs> She's not hearing any of this. <laughs> She's saying it's all anarchy. I I do wonder about that sometimes with like, because I'll read stories about the West of like somebody who robs a bank and then is found like five states over or something. And you're like, wait, they could do that back then? And then yeah. 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 And I just, yeah. And then it just always gets me without, because I haven't actually done like a whole lot of research on it, but I do get curious about how investigations like worked back in those days before you know i don't know the internet or cameras or anything you know or fingerprints or yeah exactly well it was it was a lot more mob related it was a lot more (laughs) prejudice related it was a lot more like you know who is who is the stranger in town they probably did it well there's Uh, that (laughs) and all the internet back then was just telegraphs and you just like say David is a motherfucker and I would send that to Arkansas but but at the same time I mean there was there was legitimate law keeping that went on and and yeah like everything it's it's not quite what it's presented as in Hollywood but it's also probably not as lawless as you're maybe thinking it would be and I don't think you could get away with breaking the laws easily as people thought you think you could yeah 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 and of course what's also interesting is how different laws were like a bigger deal back then Mm -hmm. than nowadays and i think if you got caught that it was more likely they would just kill you (laughs) and there wasn't community service as much so higher stakes but greater wins yeah right yes so what law do you think was, like, yeah. a big deal back then? That well, the one you always hear tossed off is, like, horse thieves were the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that was the worst thing, worst crime that you could commit where... Uh, yeah, but, I mean, Grand Theft Auto these days is pretty big, you know? Yeah. Video yeah. game? Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah. It makes millions, you know? Well, billions, I think. You know? It's right up there with Red Dawn Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recently read that online uh, people are being, video gamers are being extra racist on Red Dead Redemption. No, gamers? <laughs> yeah, I know, shocking. <laughs> David, I also recently read online that water is wet and <laughs> well, the sky is often blue. What I'm saying is not that, the story isn't that there people are being racist online in video games. It's that what? it's extra racist for <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. exceptionally racist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's above the norm. And sexist because they get to beat up the, yeah, the yeah, prostitutes. Yeah, the women feminists. Because they're just saying like, 
We're just being historically accurate to the time period. What are they, like the old timey ladies, the subjugationists? <laughs> What's that? What are the old ladies who got us the vote called? The suffragettes? Oh, oh, Thank the suffragettes. you, Austin. Yeah. I needed that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> just let the record show uh, that I, I was asked to mansplain that one. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah, me yeah. interjecting it. It, <laughs> it was asked for. I let the record show that I totally remembered what they were called. <laughs> totally cool. Totally cool. Uh-uh. I'd like the le- record to show that uh, women can gaslight too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> We're great at it. Kia, kia. It's kind of like how we've we've talked about on the TV show Westworld, how like the fact that the park isn't just like a giant raping killing machine <laughs> yeah. seems not realistic, but at the same time, like there's way more just like wanton raping and killing of sentient robots going on to. F- feel entirely comfortable about it yeah so back to the show i guess <laughs> uh gilman is asking the sheriff to do something about trump but he ain't doing shit uh, yeah the, the sheriff then says can you prove he's wrong well no not right now but if you give me some time well, that's something we don't have very much according of. to him yeah well let me tell you something right now it's a lot safer to go his way than it is yours or how did you get to be sheriff did this part make you mad? <laughs> well, it, it really brings up some of the uh, great ways cons work, which is first, suddenly you have to prove the negative. Like, instead of him having to prove that the town is going to get destroyed at midnight, now people have to prove that it's not. And then there's hitting that, like, sweet spot of making a claim bold enough with high enough st- Stakes that people are now too afraid to go against it. Like, you know, their lives are at stake. And so it's kind of like if I went up to somebody and said, give me a dollar bill or the world is going to explode tomorrow. I mean, it sounds stupid. But then on the other hand, someone could say like, well, giving a dollar isn't going to affect my life. So on the off chance that I'm actually right, maybe I should just give him the dollar because... What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, exactly. It's just a dollar. Compared to the the world destroying, maybe you should just give it up because, you know. Yeah, like playing the lottery. When it's a low entry, I'll take a risk. Yeah, exactly. And or, you know, you're trying to stay safe. So he's saying the world's going to get destroyed. And now people are, you know, getting a little antsy about it. Because even if it sounds implausible, just what if he's right, you know. Then it starts to fuck with your head, I guess, is what I'm trying to think. And along with. Suddenly, now Gilman has to be the one who proves that Trump's wrong, right. as opposed to vice it's versa. Now, it's now on Gilman to prove yeah. the negative instead of the con man proving that what he's saying is right. Yeah, yeah he's flipped the positive. Towards, you know, yeah. Oh well, I don't have to prove that I'm right. You have to prove that I'm wrong. And of course, he and they get into this, but of course, it's a bullshit spiral because what he's saying is, as long as you do what you're told this isn't going to happen, and then it doesn't happen, and then you can just claim that it all worked out the way you said it would, you know? Well, David, let me tell you, I have this rock (laughs) Yeah, keeps tigers away. You don't see any tigers around, do you? Give me that rock. True, true. (laughs) You know, the part that I thought was weird with the scene was when Trump ordered a bunch of hamburgers, (laughs) and then he fucked his daughter right on the piano at the saloon. I thought that was wild. 
<laughs> that that I, I'm surprised they did that in the fifty in a fifties TV show. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, Where's the Hays for code? Damn. Apparently, CBS was like the HBO of the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really was. <laughs> Yeah, what's that? The, the CBS is like nothing to nobody no more. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Press F. <laughs> so then we get the narrator who says, Bobby didn't know what Trump's pitch was going to be. He was sure of one thing. It was going to cost the people of Talpa. Since the sheriff wouldn't stop Trump, Bobby had to find somebody who would. And I'm like, it's Robert Mueller. <laughs> I do have to say they're kind of hokey and old fashioned, but I kind of miss narrators on TV shows. Yeah, sometimes it helps, you know. It's yeah. a little like showing, not telling, and I get right, that. Right, but, right. You know, every it once can in a while. Be a nice bookend. Like, yeah. yeah. What was the new Coen Brothers film that was a western? The most recent one. The Netflix one, Ballad of Buster yeah. Scrubs. Did yeah. you guys watch it? Because they had those great bookends where they like showed the pages of the book and the little illustration for each chapter. Yeah, I haven't watched mm. it yet. I'm very hit or miss on the Coen sure. Brothers. It's mm. mostly quite good, I would say. But much, much like uh, uh, TV shows that are canceled before they get a chance <laughs> to tell their story, oh, the Coens <laughs> like to end their movies before offering any kind of narrative resolution, and it drives me batty. Yeah, yeah, that's the vexing little taste that keeps you coming back or not. <laughs> yeah. It's just like real life, Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I wanted real life, I'd just live my life. <laughs> I know. I'd try to escape to where things are tied up in neat narrative bows. Uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, he the the narrator says the sheriff does gun law, I think it was, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So cool. But now he's going to somebody who does book law. And so yeah. Hobie walks into the conveniently labeled judge's house. Which <laughs> is- <laughs> Me, I like gun law, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Strokes gun in American. <laughs> Book learning law. Yeah, Book law, exactly. snooze, gun law, yeehaw! You might have been wrong about that. I didn't write part of what, what kind of law the sheriff was in charge of. But I know the judge is book law. Which sounds, I know, nobody likes books. <laughs> So Hobie walks in. It's just like across the street, and then there's like a sign that just says Judge Clement or whatever his name is. And then uh, Gilman walks in there, and he's just basically, "What are you going to do about this Trump situation?" He's like, "Fucking nothing." Damn. <laughs> I know. The judge is like, "I can't do anything. Technically, he hasn't done anything illegal yet." And he's very, uh, "I pretty much agree with you, but rules are rules." So yeah, I mean Robert Mueller. <laughs> kind of, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you guys angry this time? Because I was angry, you know, every time. At the judge? Yeah, at the judge, at the oppressor with his bald <laughs> hair and his wizard's robes. With his, it's- with his like Carolyn's fiance hair <laughs> and his wizard robes. I just want to make sure we get that out there. I mean, when, when will my hairline of the oppressor like get the get the sensual man's role? <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for. It hasn't been since Tally Savalas, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying it's, I- it's- <laughs> Well, I'm saying the judge is frustrating because... It's the people who, well, I mean, he sees Trump as wrong, but then wants to treat him with the same respect as everybody else should get, even though he's so obviously not warranting that respect. Right? I hate that. 
where it's like, well, I guess rules are rules, but you feel like you, she should be doing something, or at least speaking out against it, or, you know, doing so I guess anything that makes in this so Less Robert Mueller and more yeah. like. Washington never, pundits. <laughs> yeah, the never Trump conservative pundits who are like, yeah. well, I don't like him, but it is what it is. And I'm benefiting, so that's fucking fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or it's not affecting me anyway. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh,. And then the judge also notes that there is actually a meteor shower scheduled for that night. So he's so the con man's kind of mixing in a little truce to make it sound all the more valid, I guess, you know? Yeah, which is, of course, like classic con mannery. Yeah. That's another thing about the olden days of yore, is that if you knew the astrological schedule yeah. of the night sky, you could be a wizard, you could have money, you could have real estate, you could have anything. Well, that... Lauren brought up that this reminded her of Columbus and how he tricked a bunch of native people with an eclipse into thinking God was angry at them. And so big eclipse, yeah. huge, huge. <laughs> well, I think it was a lunar eclipse, actually. So it was like a blood moon. So they all Tremendous got freaked out. This blood moon. <laughs> <laughs> Kafefe, <laughs> yeah, that is a tough one to not laugh at, you know? or just treason. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, the, the new judge. flavor at Starbucks is Kafefe treason. Uh, the uh, the judge says that it's the Leonid meteor shower that's supposed to happen that night, which is a mm-hmm. legit, uh, yeah, sem- semi regularly occurring meteor shower. Nice. When's the next one? Yeah, get out the binocular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, Gilman's like, something's got to be done. And the judge is like, my hands are tied. And But then the judge says, uh, It's a funny thing, sir. When we were kids, we were all afraid of the dark. And we grew up and we weren't afraid anymore. But it's funny how a big lie can make us all kids again. Right. I feel like that's the theme stated of the episode. Yes, of our time right now. Uh, (laughs) Why do you have to be so relevant with the past? (laughs) How are these writers time traveling? (laughs) Very unnerving. This reminds me of another thing that was kind of very crushing at calling Trump. It's called A Face in a Crowd, and it stars... Um, what is his name? The fucking... Where's my orphan? Hold on. <laughs> What's the theme song where they whistle? Opie? Uh, uh, the, you check out the Andy Griffith show? Yeah, Andy Griffith plays the charismatic politician that has, like, catchphrases and gets way too far into it. Oh, yeah. In a face in the crowd. Yeah, check that out. It's also black and white and mm. unnerving. Similar to this, that's all. So the next scene is the Trump rally, and we got. Uh, <laughs> We're not being political. The character's name is Trump, and he's holding a rally. <laughs> he's just saying what's going on in the I episode. I know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out. What, what's happening? Uh, and they're the all wearing red hats, <laughs> have stars and frowny faces on them. To be fair, we don't know what color these umbrellas are going to be, but we'll That's get to that. That's true. Black and white. The narrator says, Obi had checked the town. The people were ready to believe. Like sheep, they ran toward the slaughterhouse. And waiting for them was the high priest of fraud. I just want to, like, 
like a typewriter that could travel through time? <laughs> was it like a mental thing? Did they have a DeLorean? How are they doing this? <laughs> I think it's a type. No, I think it's a, a telegraph and a big hat. And somebody okay. passed it through the family. And so Trump says, I am the only one. Trust me. I can build a wall around your homes that nothing will penetrate. So and, and that's about the time you close your laptop and you start smashing right, it, right? Smash it in pieces and then, like, burn the pieces and then bury the pieces. In the <laughs> and he's like, You ask, how do you build that wall? You ask, and I'm here to tell you. You get Mexico to pay for it. <laughs> you make the meteors pay. Yeah, he's going to make yeah, the meteorites yeah. uh, pay for these. Pay for it. So how about the word penetrate for the wall? That's a little more direct than our Trump tends to be. Have you yeah. heard the rumor about his, his Melania, his wife, and the Secret Service guy, and they're just cucking Trump in the White House whenever they're in the White House? Like they're do- well, there was once rumors about her and like a bodyguard at yeah, Trump Tower. That's what I mean. Her and anybody else because they you know <laughs> that they don't fuck a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You hope. <laughs> you hope. I mean, who? It's tough to believe anyone would want to <laughs> do Trump, right? Like that's just. Yeah. <laughs> Austin. Yeah. Did no, you do I, Trump? I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> just yeah. And so then you're like, well, you know, they are married and stuff. But then, like, part of me just wonders how much he's really... Like, he's a 70-year-old man who's too self-obsessed to probably really be all that... You feel like he's the type of guy who just has sex to brag about having sex? Yeah, I, like, picture a literal job of the hut and Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah. With a Gucci bag. That's the only way you see mm-hmm. it out. Now I feel like I'm getting political, though. Now, now it's just, like, ad hominem attacks, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're, like... You, this is, like, Thanksgiving and, like, my mother and, like, I'm baited into political discussions <laughs> every course. <laughs> traumatic, but fine. Uh, totally uh, traumatic, totally cool. Yeah, and... Uh, what am I trying to... I'm yeah, trying to yeah. remind him. Take a so then he, okay, yeah, he's going to tell him how to, how he's going to build that wall. Yes! Which is, uh, he brings yes. out these umbrellas with his weird oh. symbols on them. I did like these parasols. I <laughs> he kind of wanted one. Yeah, absolutely, I want one. <laughs> Where's your parasol fury? I would like one. I'm in the parasol market. Those are darling. Nicely done. You're, you're like, you know, I don't believe anything you're selling, but I just really want that umbrella. <laughs> right? like, this parasol is really going to help me. <laughs> I don't need the meteor shit. Just give me the wholesale rate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they ask about their cattle. And Trump has a washer attached to the bottom of the umbrella that he calls Magnetium. Uh, yes, that would be the guy who fights the X-Men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought that was an Avatar character. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like Magneto crossed with the with a unobtainium. Uh, yeah, the Avatar juice. Don't don't, don't bring up unobtainium, like. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! I did it though. My, my okay. head is gonna explode now. Like. <laughs> Can't wait for the sequel, James Cameron. Like that's literally the placeholder title you put for some for your MacGuffin in a script, right? And then they just didn't bother to take it out, right? Right. Uh, anyways. <laughs> that fucking avatar. From one stupid to another, there's 
He says that disc is going to take care of their animals, and I guess the people just believe it at this point. They're yeah, they're all in a lather of being they're scared. Their lives to parasols. What's a fixed <laughs> to the end of one? Well, I mean, I mean, it's stupid and obviously, but you feel like the idea of a parasol protecting you from a meteor has some sort of weird basis of like the meteor could bounce off the parasol. You know, <laughs> obviously that probably wouldn't happen, but. Like, I don't know how they take that leap to this washer is now going to somehow protect that animal that isn't even close to my <laughs> umbrella, but... Uh, yeah, I in fairness, like, if a meteor just gives a lady a pineapple bruise, I think a parasol is about right. It's about yeah, you never know. Right. It could just uh, help him. Right. Uh, but, uh, Hobie Gilman just says, you're a liar, Trump. <laughs> then, <laughs> then everyone breaks out into a plot. No, it was just me, I guess, but, uh... <laughs> well, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, uh, what's the chart looking for here? <laughs> do, should we do some self-examination at this point? Is, <gasps> oh, no. Fine. Oh, no. Is, is I don't want to, like, look at myself in the mirror. Is Toby okay. Gilman perhaps being, uh, a little too left-leaning punditry here by just screaming, <laughs> you're a liar over and over Yeah, yeah, we don't know what's crying. in his heart. Right, I mean, he, he could be, uh... Maybe... If he was, you know, quietly working on the townspeople and convincing them one by one why he was a liar instead of just launching these attacks at him, maybe <sighs> he would he would get his message across better. Yeah. Or maybe Gilman should have said, "You're stating un you're, you're misstating the facts, Trump." Yeah. <laughs> According to some, what you're saying is yeah, true. yeah. <laughs> or, or hear me out. Old timey gritty comes through with a guillotine and. <laughs> Murders this man right on all those cool so, shades, so all could those you, parasols. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Everyone wait, drinks no. the blood at night. Carolyn, yeah? could you please describe yeah. to me what old timey gritty looks like? <laughs> Absolutely. No, no you guys. Starts a PowerPoint. <laughs> yes. No old timey awesome. gritty. Gritty exists in all times and all places. <laughs> no, no. I want to hear what old timey gritty looks like. But. Just like with the Disney face characters, there's yeah. been a progression of spooky to less. Spooky. So old timey gritty is gritty is made with like um, waxed yak hair. <laughs> okay. And skeleton buns are the eyes. So it's yeah, like it's more of like a porcelain face kind of. A thing. Yeah, and they have poop because they didn't have anything else. So they have poop pupils, <laughs> and the mouth is all axes. So it <laughs> just bites you to death. And you die. So it's like a, and it takes a nightmare while. taxidermy crossed yes. with like poop and yes. axes. Yeah, we're making a sequel to The Vitch with it next year. <laughs> it's going okay. It's pretty weak script, but the action's still there. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> well, and then of course, uh, Trump comes back with oh, no. You deny the meteors won't come? You deny the comet? And then, of course, Hobie has to come back with, well, it's not going to happen the way you say it will, because that's when you mix the truth in with the lies. Like, when it, maybe if there's a modern-day Trump who says that people are going to cross the border and rape and murder us, and then you're like, that's not going to happen. And you're like, are you saying people won't cross the border illegally? And you're like, well, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen the way you say it will. Is what exactly. <laughs> Just like here. They're magic time traveling yeah, typewriter. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Trump then tells the people to look to the sky. You could see and tells them that you can already see the meteorites. And then the townspeople suddenly do. And this is kind of weird because I kind of like what it's saying, but there's a bit of a mixed message because the townspeople's like, I see one. And then another one's like, I see one too. And then everyone's like, I see it. And Gil- and then Gilman says, you- Man, it's a fake. There's nothing up there. You're seeing what you want to see. There's nothing up there. Which I think is true. But at the same time, they already established that a meteor shower was going to be happening that night. So then it's like, Maybe they were just seeing the meteor shower, which, again, is not dangerous, but would... Right, this particular narrative, and again, we could chalk this up to uh, 1958 effects budget, because when they're looking to the sky, we're seeing them look to the sky, yeah. we're not seeing the sky itself. But it's one of those where you're like, you, it's not clear if if this is supposed to be uh, that that they're imagining it, or just that they're seeing, like, the legit meteor shower that's not actually posing a threat. At the same time, like Gilman is presented as like reliable. So I, we, we'd assume he's right that you're not seeing any, that they're not seeing anything. They just want to see what they want to see now, which is another people get gas way. People get gaslit, I suppose. Is, and they start just being convinced of what they're seeing instead of uh, what's actually happening. Uh, so Gilman keeps questioning Trump. So then Trump says, he didn't want to do this, but he's going. He pulls out. He breaks out a stunt where he quote unprotects a barrel by touching like a rod to it. I like this part where he just started fucking the barrel, and we all had to watch. <laughs> he like drills this hole in it, and then he just starts going to town. And yeah, it's it. like a five minute scene, all in black and white, very artful, very cool. <laughs> it was tender. He made sure the barrel came first. Have you guys heard the thing where this will probably be the first president's dick that we have to see? Uh, so I guess maybe. It's a theory. It'll come out in like one of the cases, some weird, terrible text. And we haven't... Okay, a lot of people have seen president's dicks before, but not us. Not the internet yeah, we, public. There's not like photographic evidence of the president's dick, not right? Yet. There's like etchings. But <laughs> That's all. Awesome. What do you feel about yeah. this? You're you're a, you're a presidential historian. Yeah. Like how many dicks have Don't you even seen? Know where to start with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like Carolyn's assessment that plenty of other people have seen presidential dicks through the years. That part is that part is certainly true. Yeah, you know, there's like one butler just in the White House yeah. who's seen like half of them. Yeah. I bet you certain presidents got extremely comfortable in the way. Well, isn't what didn't one walk around naked? Yeah. Yes. Uh, was, it, was it Johnson? <laughs> yes, I think it was Johnson. I think uh-huh. you might be right about that. Yeah, I thought he was kind of crazy. That's a little on the nose that he was the nudist and his name yeah. was Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say. Anyways, so then uh, t- uh, Trump, because of. Hobie Gilman's doubt. Trump says he was just going to give the umbrellas for free, but now that I guess he's offended or something, he's going to sell them. And he's going to and manufacture if, them in China. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. He has them all set up, so he could have been on the hook for a big loss if nobody bought them. But uh, it's he first says it's fifty dollars, and then because Gilman keeps razzing him, he ups it to seventy five dollars, which. You might want to know in 1870s time is a crap load of money. Yeah, no, that's that's huge. This is where I was like, well, 
they're in did the writers just not think about inflation so they're just going by 1950s money in which it still is a lot of money but like a feasible amount of money <laughs> as opposed to like 1870s life where crushing sums of money uh, uh $75 through inflation and and I think it gets a little weird when you talk about money then to now even with inflation but it was f- basically 1500 bucks wow Hmm. Is what they're going to be have yeah. to shell out yeah, for yeah. that. That's and quite the pyramid multi level marketing scheme. I hope yeah, they can get exactly. their friends by all the other ladies. <laughs> yeah, and the other the sell the umbrella to somebody right. else afterwards. Right. Yeah. This is the umbrella that you're covered with, and this is the umbrella you have to reach. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, that's a lot of money. I'm not sure we should pay it. And it's about that time that the barrel he touched explodes. <gasps> Which, I mean, is not the same as getting hit by a meteorite. I mean, I understand in, like, the 1870s it's going to freak the shit out of people, understandably so. But, like, not the same thing as a rock falling from the sky and, like, bursting into flames. Well, you're right. Although you could argue that the way the scene is struck, he walks over to the barrel, touches it with the stick. He might poke a hole in it, I think, or something. But and then yeah. and then he goes, he walks back and he starts having his interaction with Gilman again, and everyone's paying attention to that. And then it explodes, and so in their minds, they could have missed the meteor that act- meteorite that actually hit it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they just hear an explosion and turn and see it, and they don't know what happened. You know. Which maybe I'm just giving the show more credit. Yeah. Than yeah. Uh, but now everybody's just willing to shell out all the money they have and then some. You could say that he has them over a barrel. Oh. Subtext. <laughs> <laughs> so Trump is happily taking everyone's money for the shitty uh, parasols. And then somebody, like, shows up with, like, a teapot who he says is worth that much. And Trump says, oh, he only wants hard cash. Get that junk away from him. And he's suddenly very unsympathetic to these people's plights now that the money is rolling in, right? Yeah, exactly. And then the people who aren't able to afford it realize that there's the bank. There's money <laughs> in the bank. And all. The bank is where the money is. The, the person who said that line said it with a lot of zeal, and I think that's his <laughs> only line of the show, of the episode. The bank! There's money in the bank! Oh, yeah, you knew he was, he was like, this is my moment, here it comes, I got this, I got this! <laughs> I'm the guy who just suddenly realized banks have money. And so then they storm the bank, and I guess apparently the banker was one of the townspeople who decided not to show up for this rally, but I don't know why, you know, everyone else was there, but... Uh, I, I did like the part here where old-timey gritty destroyed capitalism and was, like, <laughs> punching the money and burning and fucking it. I thought that was cool. So now there's, like, a run on this bank, and meanwhile, <laughs> the sheriff is just watching the riot occur, and he's saying... Pharaoh had seen mob panic before, and always he'd been able to stay out of its way. He didn't intend this time to be any different. He stood quietly and watched the mob grind along the street. He couldn't help but think that Trump had been right. Talpa wouldn't be standing in the morning. Damn. Which would be more poignant, except the ending kind of ruins some of this. But, uh, (laughs) so then Gilman walks up to him and he's like, what are you going to do about this shit? These people are about to, like, destroy this (laughs) bank. He's like, he's like, you're a hero. I'm not. I ain't going to do anything. And so then, uh, Gilman fires the sheriff. He's like, you're fired. (laughs) Kafefe. (laughs) 
So then Gilman goes to the bank and threatens to shoot all the people. <laughs> Which, again, I'm like, your heart's in the right place, but I feel like your methods could use some improvement. <laughs> like, you're, you're one guy, and they're a mob. To be fair, he later admits that this was a bluff. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, he, yeah, he's like, you know, everyone leave, or I'm going to shoot everyone, all of you. And then he gets knocked in the head. And I he gets knocked out by somebody. And I will say, I think this is like the first time in TV history that this was like a realistic knockout. Yeah. <laughs> Which Austin knows is big for me to say because I'm always very critical of people getting knocked unconscious. But like, I think you just see the entire shot of him getting hit over the head and he falls over and he's bleeding. But then he's only out for like a minute or two. Like, not even that. Like, just like 30 yeah. seconds. And then he yeah. immediately gets up and now he's just like groggy and not feeling good. Like, I right. think that's what would happen. Like, you lose consciousness yeah. for, you know, 30 seconds, and then you're up, but now you're concussed, basically, is what he is, and <laughs> yeah. not feeling yeah. well. Uh, so, head trauma Hobie goes to the bar, <laughs> goes to the bar where the I judge, I guess, is just sitting there getting a drink, not worried about the run on the bank that's happening. He's like, eh, whatever. And so, then they just commiserate about how, as the judge would say, Trump's sure having his way. <laughs> another part where i was angry at this yeah wow two 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 relevant 1950s westerns come on give us a break then <laughs> of course the judge says that trump's sure having his way most of the people in town have got those umbrellas and he's still got 20 minutes till midnight <laughs> and when the town doesn't burn down Who's going to get the credit? Did you think it was spooky how they played Rihanna's umbrella? (laughs) Ella, Ella, Ella. Time traveling (laughs) typewriter. (laughs) (laughs) Ella, Ella. (laughs) You guys love that song? It's good, it's good, it's good song. So Hobie Gilman, after the judge basically says like, Yep, Trump's basically won. He's uh he's convinced everyone to buy these umbrellas, and now when there's no destruction, they're just gonna believe he did the right thing. And basically, Hobie Gilman can't handle this fact and says, "Fuck this!" And he just goes over to where Trump is because apparently Trump is apparently is ready to skip town now. Even though yeah, like he's pulling, a, he's pulling a Lyle Langley at this point, where he's basically just got his almost literal sacks of money. Yeah, exactly. Or, out of town. if you will, Austin, a gem diamond. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a much better comparison. Wait, yeah. he might be related to Steven Universe and the Diamond family in that. Put a pin in that. I'll come back to it. It's <laughs> <laughs> for later. No, of course, all this is kind of you're getting a lot thrown at you from this from this plot, and you're kind of trying to make sense of what they're trying to say because in the previous scene, it was made clear that Trump has basically won because he, when nothing happens, he's proven right. But now he's still trying to skip town as if. He's going to get proven wrong at the end of the night. And they kind of like, they immediately like flip to the idea that if he's there at midnight, he's going to be proven wrong, which isn't exactly the case now, you know? Yeah. So, but so then Hobie Gilman just shows up and he's like, Trump, you're under arrest. He's like, for what? He's like, call it whatever you want, but it's fraud. Uh... <laughs> which I don't think that line is as badass as they make it. Like, call whatever you want, but it's actually this. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> If I heard that in the right context, 
sploosh. <laughs> this really reeks of like uh, Gilman knowing he can't really arrest him for anything, so he's just trying. He's just pissed that this is what's happening, so he's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna arrest the guy and see what happens." All right, right. And then everything kind of works out in his favor because Trump immediately like mel- folds and decides to try to bribe Hobie Gilman. But I mean, he's the star of the show. What do you think's gonna happen? Like, he's gonna accept the bribe? Yeah. These villains, this is like the you. first episode of whatever this is called <laughs> that this guy down. has seen. <laughs> Trackdown. This is the first episode of Trackdown that Trump's ever seen. It is a Come weird, on. like, something Everyone's to feel... Everyone's seen Trackdown. <laughs> something feels off about the title Trackdown, even though I guess it... Yeah. I mean, I think he's tracking down, like, criminals as the original premise of the show, which is fine, but for whatever reason, I guess I've never heard Trackdown as a word... Uh, in and of itself, I don't or know. a compound word, I think it's yeah. got a space yeah. It's like, it oh, he's trying to track down yeah. criminals, but that's like two words, not mm-hmm. one. Yeah. But oh well. So, so Trump tries to bribe Hobie, and then Hobie's like, "No, I just want all your money." And I think he's implying that, like, you know, I'm just taking this back because lawfully or whatever. But then, yeah, I think yeah, Trump's yeah. still under the impression that it's just like. Oh, this guy wants all my money, so I guess I'll give him my money for so he can run a, run away with it. But then there's part of me that feels like he gave it up too easily, so I wonder if he is also stashing extra money other places, because that seems like a real Trump thing to do, right? Mm. Well, he just has to go out of town and then meet the Russian person, and they'll just <laughs> give them money and then open mouth kiss them in oil, I think? Something like that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who the... Like Putin analog would be in this, right? <laughs> but then, it, th- then it gets kind of answered because the sheriff shows up, uh, and oh. <laughs> and then Hobie puts it together that the sheriff was in cahoots with Trump. <gasps> I'm shocked. I know. Not that shocked. And I don't know how that all happened. Maybe it was when they were talking at the bar or something. Yeah, I would have assumed that it was like prior to. Hobie's arrival in town when they yeah. were chatting at the bar. Which see, I re- I read this that as I I saw the sheriff as the uh, McConnell figure. No, oh, okay, he's a Mitch McConnell. Well, well who's going to yeah, be the one who he's... shoots Trump? Because that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I could you not see like that? You know, at some point down the line, McConnell <laughs> will turn on him when it's advantageous for McConnell. And... Yeah, I suppose. Although the same thing could be said about Putin. I, I guess it's real. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Basically, Trump is being used by a lot of politicians right now, and none of them will think twice about uh, backstabbing them if it's advantageous to them, I think. Right, exactly. That's, I guess, the honor among thieves kind of thing. Mm, I can't wait. (laughs) So so what would you feel about Trump getting shot here? I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice. And it was was a clean way to go. I... (laughs) I miss the Western days of justice. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't done in justice. It's the sheriff who just was mad at Trump because he's going to skip town with the money without sharing with him, I think. is the Yeah, see, I have the opposite reaction, which is also the reaction that I will almost inevitably have when our, our own future that's echoing in this show <laughs> comes to its conclusion, which is I did not find the ending to be nearly cathartic enough. Oh, spoiler. No comeuppance. There is just not enough comeuppance. A quick death is not comeuppance yeah, enough. Yeah, and sure, to that sure. point, like, 
Hobie's original plan was to get Trump to go in front of everybody and tell him what a liar he is. Right. That's what I wanted to see. Mm. I wanted him to realize how wrong he was. <laughs> but yeah, and in, in the end, he gets shot and killed by the sheriff. And then, so then Hobie gets the sh- the sheriff to go out and uh, admit to all the lies. And I, I, I guess it all gets all mixed up because. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this sheriff twist thing. Like, I kind of liked the story better with the sheriff just kind of being like, yeah, what are you going to do? People go crazy. They try to rob banks. It's not for me to. I'm just going to stand on the sidelines because it's easier for me. And to, for him to actually be like a nef- nefarious in it is fine, yeah. but it kind of mixes agree. the metaphor of the con man. Like, I don't know. And maybe it's because I'm trying to look two parallels for right now, but sure. it. It, I guess what I was saying is that it starts making the cleanup of this con man narrative easier because yeah because basically Trump had the upper hand because as the judge said uh, as the judge said if nothing happens at midnight then he's going to be proven right because everyone has parasols and I wanted some sort of resolution to that like somehow things get flipped on him and he gets tricked. Or he gets conned or something. But instead, it's just like, it almost felt like a deus ex machina where suddenly like, no, the sheriff is in on it too. And now there's a gunfight and now it's dead. And you're like, well, I guess that's one way to resolve it. But I don't know if it was like narratively satisfying to resolve it. Like, I don't feel bad for Trump dying. but <laughs> So David, what you're saying is it was unsatisfying to discover that the sheriff who had what we might say a constitutionally provided <laughs> obligation right. to hold the con man Trump in check yeah. instead of doing the duty required of him by law yeah. threw in his lot with the con man for his own personal gain. That'd be terrible. And and you found that to be deeply unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah. I guess when you put it that way, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't disagree. I'm just surprised that you're surprised at how. No, no and maybe it's just the resolution to all of this feels unsat. And maybe it's to you, like, him not getting shot isn't good enough. Like, you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It is not enough. Yeah. But, I mean, it's something. I know. And then I guess maybe that ties into the fact that I think it's kind of interesting that the show goes this way. That, like, uh,. They then have like a narrative at the end where they, it felt like they were trying to wrap up too much in too little time. Be- because at the end, it's just the narrator is like, you know. Hobie took the sheriff back to the mob. He confessed his part in the fraud. There was no way he could deny it. Hobie explained how Trump had set fire to the wagon, a piece of phosphorus that ignited in the temperature of the air. They wanted to believe Gilman, but they still weren't over the hump. He had to find one crack in their fear, one place to start breaking through. Until the crowd knew that everything Trump had said was a lie, there was no hope for Talbot. The confidence man would always get the credit for saving the town. As long as the parasols were up, Trump was still believed. Which is like an interesting road to go down, but then since it's all done over, like, a voiceover as you're just watching the scene, like, he says, like, it all, they needed them to take down their parasols to prove that it wasn't going to save them, and then one of the people do it, do it, and then they all do it. 
And we don't know how they got convinced to do that. Yeah. I did love the image of him, of, of Hobie bringing the sheriff out to tell them about how they all yeah. got swindled into buying these umbrellas as they're all standing there with their umbrellas yeah, exactly. wide open. Like, <laughs> look at us, we're going to be safe. What's this? The umbrellas don't do squat? Huh. Oh. <laughs> but I maybe I'll leave it open. But no, no. Okay. It's one of those, they spent a lot of money to get this umbrella, so they now they don't want it to be wrong. Like, they want to believe it. Right, exactly. Right, the sunk cost fallacy. And also, yeah, it's exactly. a bit of a trend. It's tapering off, but you know, when you need those Janko jeans, you just need them. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would have been interested in the dialogue that actually convinced them to take their umbrellas down because I feel like, and that feel, because I feel like a lot of that parallels kind of what we're seeing now because well, we have Trump and, and I feel like even on his rallies or like into his presidency, like it's sometimes even with this wall thing, he's tried to like backtrack on it or be like, well, we don't like need a real wall. And I'm trying to think of like one of the rallies where he started going down that road, but the people would have none of it. So then he just had to like backtrack and be like, Oh, we're building the wall. Don't worry. And, like, th- there's definitely a little bit of a Frankenstein's monster in, like, stirring up all these people that you can't you can't control them anymore sometimes, you know? Right. 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 Like, you've, you've taught them this, and now unteaching people things is difficult, I guess. I don't... I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, but I'm struggling. Please clap. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, you want you want a quick uh, presidential nudity update? I oh, really yeah. would, Austin. <laughs> All right, so I think the person you may have been thinking of, David, was Winston Churchill. Oh, did he Churchill walk not hanged on an American president? Obviously. Oh, uh, but there there was a time where uh, LBJ got on to Air Force One and proceeded to give like an interview with a couple of reporters completely naked, like it was hot. And he got into his office on the plane and just like stripped down as they were interviewing him and was just like, whatever. So LBJ was more not necessarily always wanted to be nude, but was perfectly comfortable being nude if if, yes. if, the, if it, the time called for if it. The occasion called right. for it. Right, right, right. right. And, of, and then uh, John Quincy Adams, weather permitting, would always take a naked swim in the River Potomac yeah. whenever he could. Franklin was big on nudity, too, but, I mean, he wasn't a president. Yeah, and then, and then of course, yeah. Don't at Benjamin me, all Franklin. you people. I know Benjamin Franklin wasn't a president. Franklin liked <laughs> old prostitutes because they gave you more and charged you less. Word <laughs> <laughs> to the wise. I remember reading some one of Franklin's like, you know, tips to living a long, healthy mm-hmm. life was to like expose your entire naked body to the air at least for like, you know, 20 <gasps> minutes, at least once a day. And so Whoa. he would like wake up in the morning and, and stand in front of a window and let the air blow across his naked body. I'm like, oh, I like the cut of your jib, Franklin. Whoa, well, you is- like that? Yeah, to just <laughs> like. Be caressed by the by the morning air. That sounds good. This is a real surefire way to show an old prostitute your really small penis. <laughs> <laughs> I it is interesting when I think about your the nether regions, so to speak, <laughs> and how how rarely. <laughs> yeah, as it were. Yeah, uh, yeah. How rarely those parts of your body like just never come into contact with like actual fresh air, you know? The sun, the air leaves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like Franklin might have been onto something. I mean, maybe. (laughs) 
I don't like the cold, though. I'm cold enough. I'll yeah, go nude is. for a sauna, but going nude for a brisk jaunt is, like, terrible. Yeah, swimming in the <laughs> Platonic doesn't seem... Uh... Right. Yeah, I don't feel like there'd ever be a time where that would be very warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any thoughts? Would you... you th- I don't even know what I was trying to say. Cafefe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cafefe. Carol's yeah, putting her hat back on. Yeah. I'm all distracted. The hat sits so badly on the rings of my over-ear headphones that I, I look like Turd Ferguson. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Got a big hat. <laughs> so basically, the fear over the meteorites are alleviated once the townspeople learn to... Uh, Take down their, uh, like, take down the umbrellas, the parasols, and then the clock, clock strikes midnight and they don't die. So now they're convinced, oh, we didn't need these not to die. And I'm trying to figure out how to use that, uh, as a metaphor for now. Like, how, how do we do that in today's time? Like, what is the parasol and how do we get them to let it down? Um, if I may, I believe right. <laughs> that the meteor writes, yeah. Uh, fake news. Oh, fake news is the meteorites, huh? It's the meteor, right? <laughs> fake news. Nope. Okay, they didn't tie it all together. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to think of, yeah, what's, what's our parasol? Um, the parasol is the defense budget of the industrial military complex. <laughs> well, And, like, yeah. child prisons. No. Well, I feel like the umbrellas is racism, but I'm not oh. sure how we get people to put well, that away. Well, is it the umbrellas, <laughs> the wall, right? Um, yes. Yeah. These are all The meteorites are immigrants, and the parasol's the wall. Mm, Paris wall. Yeah. Right, because yeah. the, Par- the meteors aren't going to do what he's threatening that they're going to do. Yeah. And the Paris, and even if they were to do that, the parasol wouldn't be like. Even if the meteors were to come crashing down to Earth, mm-hmm. the parasol wouldn't protect them. Yeah, very much. I guess in, in truth, you know, I guess it's better than not having a parasol, but it's still. Not I gonna... mean, on the tiniest yeah. infinitesimal level, I yeah, suppose. exactly, and yeah, and that it's and the parasols are uber expensive too, and well, we don't need right. to get me on my wall rant because. We've already been political enough, but uh, but then like, what what's the convincing of people to not have a parasol? And then how do you convince? Like, what's the timeline? I don't know. Like, we have to not have a wall until the end of the year, and then when? Well, we already don't. I don't know. No, I think. <laughs> am, I, am I already? Am I am I trying to dive too deep into this nineteen fifties uh, TV show and how it relates to today? Yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All in all, it was yeah. still pretty crazy. Uh, this. So I, I. No, go on. I was just going to point out we we never did mention that. Uh, what's what's the ranger's name? Ha- Walker. Hobie Gilman. Hobie. Hobie is played by Robert Culp. Okay. Who who would later uh, launch the TV show I Spy. Mm. Alongside a uh, similarly problematic these days, Bill Cosby. Oh, of course, oh, yeah, that's yeah, where Cosby yeah. got his start. Wait, was I Spy. is Hope as bad as Cosby? And uh, I feel like we can't uh, say one way or another, so we probably shouldn't. What's happened? Okay, well, I'll look it up. 
<laughs> and then Robert Culp was also the second lead on The Greatest American Hero. Oh, oh, believe it or song. not, I'm walking. Yeah. Yeah, that's which, when theme uh, songs were great. <laughs> yeah, which isn't a sitcom theme song, but might be in the discussion for like top TV theme songs yeah. of all time. We should really just do a theme song episode later. Yeah, or a theme. Sure. That's a good idea. Put a, <laughs> put a pin in that one, yeah, too. Yeah, put a pin. Put a pin. So the episode ends with Hobie and the lady who said, and the lady's like, I didn't think you'd do it, but you did it. And he's like, yep. And then she said, but the one thing that (laughs) bothered her was in case he was wrong, she didn't have a parasol. And then they laugh at it. And I'm just like, I don't get it. (laughs) Well, I think the unspoken line was, if you had been wrong, I didn't have a parasol. And then he says, but that's okay, because I would have covered you with my hot body. No, uh He says, don't worry, I always carry protection. (laughs) That's why there's not little Hobies in every town, you know? (laughs) He's got that chief-skinned condom that he came. (laughs) Uh, I I should say that in some of the research I did, and I forget, maybe it was just Twitter, there, there is a lot of speculation that perhaps... This Trump character is based off of a person in real life. No, who? And his name is Fred Trump, Donald Trump's father. That ugly motherfucker. Have <laughs> seen the pictures? Holy shit! <laughs> oh, so you're so you're saying that the writers of the episode were inspired by real life Fred Trump's real estate scheming? Yes. That, and so then they so then they wrote this episode they were, in response to that, which is why the character's name is Trump. Correct. That that's some speculation. Uh, okay. he, the character kind of looks like Fred Trump, and you know Fred Trump was not very well thought of. I mean, it's kind of weird because I feel like I should, and maybe it's just my perception and not reality. Because to me, Fred Trump was just a slumlord and and a racist too. But and that's a little different than a con man, although it's all in the same. Sphere. The general wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's just taking advantage of people's desperation for, like, roofs over their heads as opposed to, like, actually tricking them into something. And there could be some overlap, too, obviously, I depending think- on how you're selling your apartments or whatnot. Throughout history, the Trumps have been, like, making deals and getting kicked out of countries, right? Yeah. There's, like, a somewhat not verified about his other ancestor. It's just, it's all over. <laughs> It's a great name, and I really wish we learned our lesson earlier with it. <laughs> yeah, I wish this episode taught people the dangers of people named Trump, but apparently... Right? Any of the people who are old enough to watch this when it came out, like, totally voted for him. So, <laughs> I'm gonna say, David, this is not an effective episode. Well, that is true. No, I <laughs> Uh, so do you have yeah anything else you want to say about the episode, Austin? You just freaked no, out I a just, little. It freaked, it, yeah, it kind of freaked me out. It was it was. I mean, you can always draw parallels, um, you know, unintentionally to to works of mm-hmm. fiction. This um, <laughs> since the sub theme to this episode <laughs> is uh, David and Austin's weird narrative bugaboos. <laughs> uh, we can also point out that you know that's that's the entire uh, reader response theory of of lit theory that that uh, drives David batty the notion yeah. that uh, 
whatever the author intended is irrelevant in face of what however the reader responded to the work. So mm. uh, you can it, it's easy to <laughs> read into things, but uh, there's a lot of just eerie parallels going on here that yeah. clearly were not intentional, uh, physically impossible to be intentional but yeah. are, are, cre- are are eerie nonetheless and i would just like to note the other subtext which is my hat <laughs> <laughs> which Very is also large. eerie yeah right an eerie no, i feel like hat. carol your hat's super super text <laughs> Thanks, yeah. yeah yeah you feel like maybe the coincidental nature of this episode is a little mitigated when you think about if it's actually based off of fred trump and you know he's a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that whole family isn't the most scrupulous, and you know, like I think Bob Dylan, I think wrote us anti Fred Trump song too. So I think he wasn't a popular character then. But then there's still some of those eerie aspects of talking about like a wall to protect yourself from foreign invaders or whatever. And you're like, yeah, yeah, this is getting a little too on the nose here, and it's just, yeah, and so yeah, and. But I will say, in general, even when you take the Trump name out of it and all that eeriness, I thought it was pretty good about discussing con men and how people get sucked in by con men and, like, the mob mentality involved and just all the pitfalls that (laughs) society can drop into when you get them up into a lather and stop thinking reasonably. Yeah, I mean, we could, I mean, even putting aside, I mean, let's say we we did this podcast five years ago and mm-hmm. did this episode, like, this this episode could be a very special episode about how not to get conned by yeah. con men. And it, and, and in that regard, I mean, it's, it's, for a 1958 Western is uh, more subtle in, in teaching the audience that than a lot of, like, 1980 sitcoms are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very special episodes, I mean, so. Well, you know, we've we've made a lot of the particular details of the of the con man and his con, but mm-hmm. even taking all of that out of it, you're right that there's definitely a uh, a very special vibe to this that works really well. Yeah, and so I was kind of impressed by the subtlety and thoughtfulness of this episode for the most part. And if I had infinite time on my hands, I certainly would be willing to check out more episodes of this too. I am curious. It was interesting to know that this is a show. I had yeah. never even heard of it. Before. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it wasn't half bad, actually. Yeah, I was uh-huh. like, hey, yeah, this is very interesting. scary, very alarming in a time I know. <laughs> where we are constantly alarmed. Here's one more thing to be alarmed about. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, and <laughs> we talk about, as you say, like we people can find can look at old texts and find themes are universal, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, so, you know, con men are con men throughout time. And so of course, when you do a episode about a con man and there's a very prominent con man right now, you're going to find similarities between the two. Of course, once you get the same name and then some of the lingo too, then you're just really thinking witchcraft at that point. But I think in some ways, villainy doesn't change over time. Just some of the, uh, Technology does, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess we didn't have a uh, Western form of Twitter in this episode. It's yeah, not like he no. was like, putting like letters under people's doors or something. Maybe that's the drum. The drum was Twitter, I guess, at the beginning. He's like branding cattle and telegraphing. Yeah. Did you learn anything, Austin? Uh, no. 
<laughs> not to trust people named Trump or anything. Yeah, yeah, no. Sadly, sadly, I didn't learn anything for this episode that uh, real life hasn't taught me recently. <laughs> uh, Carolyn? Yeah, uh, I learned to get out of here before somebody kills you. Yeah, that's, that's usually recommend. Right? I just learned that people in the ni- or in the 1870s <laughs> walked around with $1,500 on hand. Just, just in their pocket, like at all times. So it's like, you never know when you're going to have to buy something for your yearly salary. <laughs> yeah, I guess I learned that you could walk into a saloon and order a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Diner. That's a lot of coffee, I tell you. I, I wondered if uh, Hobie didn't drink, but I think he drinks later in the episode. Once the mob decides to rob a bank, he's like, this sucks. I need a shot. <laughs> David, what's the right thing to shoot when you're the sheriff and the mob robs the bank? Uh, whiskey? I feel like whiskey's pretty much your only option. <laughs> well, in the Wild West, but should there be a clever pun drink that I can't come up with? Nope. <laughs> bullet? Yeah. Yeah, fine. bullet rye, I guess, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh. Well, I just have a taste for it. Now I'm mostly gin. Yeah, I do like gin. Right? Uh, Austin. Yo. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Austin Gorton, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Uh, if you like fictional tales of the future that maybe are eerily precious <laughs> regarding the present... Uh, you can uh, subscribe to uh, our Patreon page and get access to uh, episodes uh, or uh, reviews of X-Men 2099, where they do not fight a villain named Magnetium. (laughs) Magnetium. Carolyn? Uh, Let's see. I am Carolyn Main, and you can find me on Twitter and Facebook, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. Like the Western Street with Louvre doors and uh, a dust bowl going through. <laughs> yep, they cough was the right take. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's good. It's good. Keep it. Keep it. Uh, and I have another podcast where we pitch movies mm-hmm. in one minute. At a certain point, I keep threatening to have these partners on it and Ryan. Yeah. So sooner or later, we're going to do a crossover. Look forward to that. The other podcast and game is called Pitch Please. And you can listen to it at Cranival Studios, which is C-R-A-N-I-V-A-L, studios.com, or it's on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Listen to the podcast, and you can buy a deck of those cards at pitchplease.fun. That's it. Fun. Fun. I'm David Bitsenoffer. You can find me on Twitter, at Dr. Bits, where, eh, I haven't tweeted in a while, actually, but... Maybe you will. Maybe your follow will be the one to get me to really start tweeting up a storm. Uh, and you can find me at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. We are a very special episode podcast, and Carolyn has her hat on again. So Big hat. <laughs> be sure to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Check out our Facebook page and tell me about why I'm wrong about Trump. And... <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe don't do that. One uh, free apology for every person we've wronged. <laughs> and one day and uh, yeah. email us at avsepodcast at gmail.com. 
for a very special episode. I'm David, and when we were kids, we were afraid of the dark. And when we grew up, uh, I'm not really sure, because I've never grown up. (laughs) That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by, or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time. Very special episodes. For the record, any any negative feedback we get on this fa- on the Facebook page for this episode, uh, you're responsible for handling that one, David. Oh, yeah. Don't you think they I'm, I'm tapping out of this one. Now? You brought you brought it on us. You can deal with it. Haven't they learned their lesson? Like, shouldn't they? <laughs> we keep trying to drive them away. They're deplorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if uh, part of me was like, "Are we gonna? Should I try to play it straight and not even actually mention to modern <laughs> times and just be like?" Just go over the episode, but then it's too it would, hard it, not to. You know? I know would have been an interest. Like we would have had to have, like talked about it yeah, ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they could have worked. But it would have been really interesting to just be like, just take this as a straight like, yeah. don't get conned by the con man uh, kind of episode. Yeah, so Trump never the con man shows the- up. The- yeah, it is still pretty freaky though. I don't know. Ah! Yeah. Okay, should we, yeah, we stop, stop recording? And I'm gonna make my integrity last and I'm gonna stop
Into the darkness of the night 